gotta love that. She was, she was trying with all of her heart. It's so good to have you here. This is Christmas time at the cathedral. If the music and the lights didn't give you a clue, then would you look at these shoes? It's Christmas time here at the cathedral. And if the shoes still don't give you a clue, well, I found this picture online. You can see of a dog and a sign that says, I ate the baby Jesus from our Christmas nativity scene. I'm not looking forward to the second coming. <laughs> it is Christmas time at Cathedral. And didn't Myra do a great, or, or Anaya do a great job? Let Anaya know how much you appreciate her. Well, we've had some incredible music all well, all month long, and, and we've been looking at the original Christmas playlist that in the story of the nativity in the book of Luke, the first two chapters, you find four songs. And today I want to look at the song that the angels sang. It's a song that is sung in the night. Have you noticed how much of the nativity story takes place at night? When the wise men see the star, they see the star at night. And when Joseph has a dream, he has the dream at night. And when the baby is born and placed in the manger, the baby is born not in the day, the baby is born at night. And when the angels appear to the shepherds, they don't appear in the day. Instead, the angels appear in the night. Even at the time of year it is. It's the time of year where the nights are the longest. It's as if the entire Christmas story was set in such a way so that you and I would not miss the message that when Christ comes into the world this is the moment that splits history in two that God looks at the darkness in our world and 2,000 years ago says let there be light and there is Jesus Jesus is the light of the world amen let's give him praise hallelujah don't miss that message. Here comes heaven. Well, the Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. So here's something to think about this weekend. If we were having a cup of coffee after church and we just got real with each other. 
Or is it dark in your world today? Just being real. It's been a bit dark in my world this week when my dad's health went down quickly and he passed away last Sunday. Wow. My dad was my hero. He was my mentor. He was my biggest fan. He's my very best friend. He's the patriarch of our family. Yeah, he really is. I've called my dad every Saturday night for 40 years, ever since I went away to college. And when his candle went out, my holiday got a little bit darker. But here's the good news. Are you ready for some good news? The good news is that because of Jesus, a song can break out in the night. Let me say that again. The good news is that because of Jesus, a song can break out in the night. Can I say that one more time? Because of Jesus, a song can break out in the night. Here comes heaven. The light of the world has come. Hallelujah. And what God is doing for me, God can do for you. So let's take a, a look at this song of the night, the angel song, the music of the night. You can follow along on your outlines. It's found in your Bible, Luke chapter 2. It starts with the song, well, the song breaks out to what I call a surprising audience, a surprising audience. You know the passage Follow along as we read it together from Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Say that with me. Good news. Say it again. Good news that will cause Great joy. Say that with me. Great joy. Say it one more time. Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It's the only place in the New Testament that you find all of those three titles of Jesus in one sentence. This is who Jesus is, the Savior, the Messiah, and the Lord. Can somebody say amen? amen? This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. There was a five-year-old boy who was in his very first nativity play. And he was so cute. He had his bathrobe on and his sandals and his cardboard staff. He was one of the shepherds. And so when it was his turn to walk out on the stage, he walked out with all of the other shepherds and he made his way toward the manger and crowded in so he could see. And he was so overwhelmed, you know, kids, he was so excited. He just forgot about everything. 
And he turned to the audience and he said, as loud as he could, he said, Mommy and Daddy, Mary had her baby and it's a boy. <laughs> Kids and Christmas. Shepherds and the nativity. See, we've heard about shepherds being in the nativity for so long that it's old news to us. But if you lived back then, you would have been stunned. Because shepherds were the last ones. Shepherds were the last ones you would expect to be included in the nativity. They simply were not good enough. They had a bad rep for being untrustworthy and dishonest. That's why they were not good enough to testify in a court of law. They were ritually unclean all the time, which meant they were not good enough to come into church and sit with us on the weekend. There were six professions that were known as dirty jobs in that day. These were the jobs you didn't want to have. And shepherding was one of them. Shepherds were not good enough. They were not good enough to marry my daughter. The shepherds are the last ones that should have received. I mean, if you were going to make an announcement, the most important announcement in history You wouldn't make it to the shepherds. They were the last ones. And on a side note, that is why you can trust in the reliability of the Bible. Because if you were just making up the story, you wouldn't put the shepherds as the ones who hear the announcement of the Savior. They would have been the last ones. Because they simply were not good enough. It would kind of be like, what would it be like? Today it might be like this, that one night down in the hood, some homeboys were looking for somebody to roll, and an angel showed up and gave them the nod. You know the nod? (laughs) And the angel said, what's up, bro? And... He says, I'm going to give you some beast mode news that's going to make you shook. (laughs) If something like that happened today, you'd say, are you going to be kidding me? What are angels doing in the hood? (laughs) Get them out of the hood. See, that's the last place you think they would be. And yet that, my friend, is the good news of Christmas. The Christmas comes all the way down to the shepherds. Shepherds like me and shepherds like you who are not good enough. Shepherd, or Christmas comes all the way down to where we are at so that we can get to where we need to be. That is the power of Christmas. Amen. That is why the news is so good. Hallelujah. It's good news for us. That when you think you should be last, the angels should be last, God flips that logic on its head, and God makes shepherds the first. They're the first ones to hear about baby Jesus. They're the first ones to see a 
baby Jesus. See, this is the good news of Christmas. It's the good news of grace. That the good news is for people who feel they're not good enough, God comes all the way down to people like me so that I can get all the way up to where I need to be. My dad used to sing, and one of the favorite songs he would sing was called Something Beautiful. And part of that song went this way, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. That is the good news of Christmas. Amen. Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And the good news of Christmas is that it comes all the way down to where we're at so that we can get to where we need to be. Now that brings us to the next part of the song Noticing in the passage that the song is sung by a surprising army, by a surprising army. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2. It says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Would you say that with me? Glory to God in the highest heaven. Every year, I watch the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody else watch that movie? And in that movie, there's a guardian angel whose name is Clarence. Oh, watch the screens, and do you remember this scene? Your lip's bleeding, George. Yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer a little bit ago. Oh, no, 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 George. I'm the answer to your prayer. That's why I was sent down here. How'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. What are you, a mind reader or something? <laughs> well, who are you, then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Oddbody. AS2, what, what, what's that, AS2? Angel, second class. <laughs> Like guardian angels, it's, angels are not just something that show up in the movies, but in the story of the nativity, they also are a common theme just like night. You have people having encounters with angels. Zachariah has an encounter with an angel. Mary has an encounter with an angel. The shepherds have an encounter with an angel. All of them are touched by an angel, and in each of these situations, the angels bring a message, because that primarily is what angels do. Now, angels do other things. You saw Clarence. He's a guardian angel. I heard about this one man who's walking down the street, and he hears this voice, and the voice says, stop right there or you'll get hit by a brick. And the man stops, and sure enough, a brick falls down, lands right in front of him. Well, he keeps walking down the street, and he hears the voice again. And the voice says, stop right there, or you'll get hit by a car. And sure enough, he stops right there, and a car comes careening around the corner. So finally, the man says, who is this? And the voice said, 
I am your guardian angel. And the man paused for a moment and said, where were you when I got married? Where were you? Fifty-five percent. In one survey, 55% of folks said they could point to a specific instance in their life where they believed they were protected or delivered by an angel. 55%. So angels, they are at work in the world doing lots of different things, but the main way in the Bible that angels work is that they are messengers when there's a very important message to give God will sometimes choose an angel to deliver it and this message is so important it doesn't take just one angel to deliver it it is going to take an entire army of angels to deliver this message Now think about this for a moment. The angels, where they exist, are in the highest heavens. The heavens are the place where the immediate presence of God is. It's the invisible realm. The spiritual realm, it's where my dad is at right now. My dad is in heaven. I want to give God praise. My dad's in heaven right now, amen? In fact, this is the first time he is watching me preach from heaven. It's the ultimate online experience, amen, here at Cathedral of Faith. Now, my dad got there just a few days ago, but the angels have been there a very long time. Before the creation of the earth, the angels were there. So the angels knew, catch this, the angels knew who the eternal son was. They had seen the eternal son in all his splendor and his might and his majesty. And they knew about the incredible promise that one time the eternal son would come to earth as a flesh and blood baby. So these angels, more than anybody else, they knew how amazing this moment really was. And when they see it happen, when the infinite becomes definite. And when the eternal steps into time, and when God comes to earth as a flesh and blood baby, this is such a big moment. One angel's not going to do. It's going to take a whole army of angels to sing about this moment. Can we give God praise? Amen. A whole army of angels. It's such a great moment. Hallelujah. Well, here at Cathedral of Faith, to celebrate this moment, we set up 50,000 lights, but 50,000 lights just won't do. So we increased it to 100,000 lights, but 100,000 lights just won't do. 
So we increased it to 150,000 lights, but 150,000 lights just won't do. So we increased it to 200,000 lights, but 200,000 lights just won't do. So we increased it this year to 225,000 lights. It's a lot of lights. But friend, this is such a big moment. Even 225,000 lights won't do. God has come to earth as a flesh and blood baby. What a moment. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a big moment this is. And, well, right here on earth, we join in with the celebration that's going on in heaven. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Well, it's an incredible moment. We've got shepherds and we've got angels. And then look at the theme, the surprising theme that we find. The surprising theme is this. These angels, this army of angels is singing about peace. The Bible says, suddenly the angels were joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Would you say that with me? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. I, I saw this one little sign that read, all I want for Christmas is five minutes of peace and quiet. Can I ask you a question? Everybody lock in here for just the next couple of moments. What kind of peace do you need this weekend? I was watching an interview with, with one of the big rock stars, and he was talking about his addictions, and his di addictions were connected to his problems. The way he coped with his problems was through the addictions. Just trying to find a way to cope. And at one point in the interview, he looked in the camera and he said, look, man, I'm just trying to find some serenity. Just trying to find some peace. See, our search for peace will drive us to one place or another. So what kind of peace are you looking for this weekend? Maybe you need to make peace with God. Friend, can I share something with you? Your arms are too short to box with God. And the whole point of this season is God loves us so much that he comes all the way down to where we are. He lives the perfect life that he could not live, and he dies the death that we deserve to die. And he takes care of our guilt, and he takes care of our shame so that we can get all the way up to where we need to be and this can be your day, the day that you make peace with God. The Bible says we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Can we give him praise for the peace that he brings? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or maybe you could use peace at home. Peace at home because you have family coming over at Christmas. You know what I'm talking about when family comes over at Christmas? Cousin Eddie's on his way over. And some of your family, I mean, you're going to have such a mix of people around the table. You've got 
Protestants and Catholics, and you've got, you've got Republicans and Democrats, and you've got Raider fans and 49er fans, and you say, Pastor Ken, what I really need is peace around my table. That's what I need. You know where peace at your table starts? It starts with peace in your heart. That God gives you a heart which leans toward peace. The heart of a peacemaker. Where God gives you the grace to do the things that give peace a chance. The patience you need. The humility that you need. The kindness that you need. The understanding that you need. The boundaries that you need. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And God wants to bless you with peace in your home this season. Or maybe there's another kind of peace because you're just wrestling in here. There's chaos out here and you're wrestling in here. I have so many great memories of my family. You can see a picture of our, our family growing up. We had a great childhood growing up. And uh, you know, there I am sitting by the fireplace. You know, my ears, barn doors were open like that. And <laughs> it's just, uh, we had a lot of great memories growing up. My dad used to drive us down. We'd go down to Southern Cal. And we loved going down to Southern Cal. And so when I was just a little guy, I can remember one specific time we were all in the car. It was night, and we were driving down to Southern Cal. Now, this was before they had, they had seat belts. Anybody remember those days? You guys are as old as I am. Believe it or not, you used to be able to drive in a car without a seat belt. And so I was in the back seat in the car without a seat belt, and we're driving down the road, and... It's raining. For California, it's a big-time storm, and rain is pounding, and the wind is howling, and we're going over Pacheco Pass, and it's nighttime, and, and it was crazy because it was storming. It was chaos on the outside, but I was laid down on that back seat asleep on the inside. Just the craziest thing. And you know why? Because of who was behind the wheel. My dad was behind the wheel. So even with the chaos on the outside, I was at rest on the inside. Who is behind the wheel is the key to finding inner peace. And I would encourage you to scoot over from the driver's seat and let Jesus get behind the wheel in your life. Let Jesus behind the wheel. Because when you do, that's the key to finding peace. Now sometimes what I do is this, I let Jesus get behind the wheel and we're driving for a while and then I say, scoot over Jesus, I want that wheel back. And when I do, I lose my peace. But when I slide back over and I let Jesus have his place and I take my place, you can regain your peace today and take hold of the promise that Jesus gave us. My peace, Jesus said, I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. It's not dependent on external circumstances. It's all dependent on who's behind the steering wheel in your life, on your trust in him. There can be chaos on the outside and peace on the inside. In just a moment, you are going to hear my favorite, favorite medley at Christmas. She has been a friend of the cathedral family since the early 80s. And Kathy is going to come and sing. But recently, talk about chaos surrounding you. She lived in it just outside of the town of Paradise. And she worked inside the town of Paradise at a senior living facility. And one morning she wakes up and this is what she sees out her backyard. She films it. It's chaos. Smoke is everywhere. She knows that something is very bad. She tries calling into work, but the lines are down. So she hops in her car to try to get to the senior living facility to help evacuate it. But they stop her. The roads are closed. They turn her around and tell her to evacuate. And now traffic is at a standstill. Flames are everywhere. Winds are howling at 50 miles an hour. She makes it to Chico. And here's what she says about that moment. She said, little did we know we were about to lose just about everything but what we could fit in my car. I received word a few days later while I was working with our evacuated residents that everything was lost, including my place of employment. It was a miracle that everyone inside the facility had made it out alive. My coworkers and I were on the same journey together, not knowing really what was going to happen next. One by one, I watched as they too found out that they had lost everything and we comforted one another. In the whole of this experience, I never remember feeling panic or fear. I trusted God that whatever was going to happen, our lives were in his hands. Can somebody say amen? Oh, can somebody say amen? In recent years, I've learned to value peace. Peace is big to me. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and knowing him is the key. In John 14, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That to me says it all. Since the fires, I've seen God move in miraculous ways. I lost my home, my workplace, neighbors, and things I held dear to me. But now I'm on a new journey. I don't know what the future holds, but as Pastor Kenny believed, the best is yet to come. Let's give God praise, amen, for that sense of peace, even in the middle of chaos. Bow your heads with me for just a moment as Kathy prepares to sing. If you'd say, Ken, I need to make peace with God. Every journey starts with a step, and today I need to step across the line and become a follower of Jesus. 
I know about Jesus, I've heard about Jesus, but I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, and today can be my day. I want it to be my day. I want to agree with you that this is your day. Lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I agree with you. Today's your day. Today's your day. Up in the balcony and say, hey, Ken, that's, I want to make peace with God today. God bless you. Those watching online, God sees your hands, sees your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for those who are making a decision today to follow Jesus. They're receiving Jesus as Savior and they're putting Jesus in charge of their lives. Today's a start of a brand new life for them and we rejoice, all heaven rejoices at this moment. And God, I pray for all of us that you would fill our hearts and our homes with your peace. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace and so where there is chaos today, Lord, give us that internal peace that peace which is, well, it's so amazing, it's hard to understand it. It's the peace that you can give. Thank you again, God, for this amazing moment that we celebrate. We are the visited planet. Here comes heaven. In Jesus' name we pray this. All God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Kathy, give Kathy a great big welcome as she comes. Kathy. Thank you, Kathy.
Kika. Would you let Kathy know how much you appreciate her being with us and blessing us this weekend? Love you, Kathy. Sharing your story. Amen. God is good all the time. All the time.